0: Inappropriate Earl back again for some roast battle juice. Uh, we have a uh, not many repeat guests here because I like to keep it fresh, but he was in on one of the earlier episodes and now he's back and his life has changed ever since he did this podcast, as many do. They just find the road to fame and fortune goes through inappropriate Earl. Welcome, Comedy Store Legend, Comic, Door Guy, Elite Roast Battle, Lur, Mr. Frank Castillo.
1: <laughs> what up, Earl?
0: And uh leader of the sister show to Roast Battle, Roast Wars and Temecula.
1: <laughs> just a practice room, but yeah, it's it's getting pretty fun.
0: Well, uh, people uh to uh, let's just get right into roast battle talk, uh people don't uh because that shows a bit of a mystery to people yeah Uh, it's It's tell us about it
1: well it was kind of on purpose it was like uh someone had mentioned to me that they were doing one in temecula and usually when like one of those shows starts like it's like everyone no you know what i mean like everyone usually finds out or like knows about it and you know temecula is where i'm from and i know the guy who's starting it and i just went down i was like hey you know if you guys are going to do it, you know, you guys got to, you know, I I just didn't want it to be shitty, especially if it was going to be in my hometown. You know what I mean? Right. And I just felt like I should be involved with it. So I just went down and was just like, Hey man, I just gave him like some advice and just kind of, I wanted it to be a room where people could just go and practice. And it's like no stress. You know what I mean? No, it's no, <laughs> it's none of your idols coming in as you're going up. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of the guys that are just starting it, they don't, have a place like that to grow, you know what I mean? Because it's not like how it used to be when you started. You could just go up in the undercard, and if you bombed, it wasn't a big deal. But now it's like you go up, and it's your first time, and you're going up in front of, like, everyone's in that room, you know what I mean? People from Comedy Central, agents, you know, your idols, other comics who want to see you lose, like a bloodthirsty audience.
0: Oh, yeah, they're animals in the belly room. I don't think people really realize. Some of the newer people, what they're getting themselves into
1: I mean you've seen it there's uh, you've seen people choke like and not because of they're bad at comedy just but because of like they are <laughs> yeah they are some are uh just the pressures you know what I mean that pressure's something else
0: Oh yeah I mean uh, like tonight I think uh, uh we have a uh, main event of Connor McSpadden and Leah K Janian but there's uh, I think four undercards and uh, a couple newbies. And, uh, they, uh, better bring it mm-hmm. because now the battles are booked like two, three months out. Yeah.
1: And that was one of the other reasons I wanted to start working on this was cause now it's like, it's a small room, uh, a real audience and then just no pressure. So it's like, you go up. And just battle whoever that's around. They do five to six jokes. You know what I mean? They also get to do a set. So I've had the pleasure of bringing guys from Los Angeles down. And they get to do sets. And it's funny. And it's fun. Because it's like sometimes they get to book the host the weekend. Which is cool. Because sometimes it's some of their first gigs. You know what
0: I mean? Where is it at? A comedy club, right?
1: Yeah, it's like a comedy club slash restaurant. It's a real shit. (laughs) It's not a shithole. I shouldn't. (laughs) But It's a nice restaurant. But it's just located in like the corner of downtown Temecula. Which is like four blocks anyways. But it's it's there's something special about it because it's out of the way. It's low ceilings. It's kind of like, you know, not dingy, but it's like, you know, it's like very like almost secret in a way.
0: Now, this used to be Aces Comedy Club.
1: The guy who runs Aces moved. And, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now it's just like a he runs like a comedy room slash restaurant. And it's I think it's much better.
0: And what's the setup? Uh, there's judges, but they don't judge.
1: Nah, it's more like it's more like a peanut gallery where it's just like friends that I have from Los Angeles coming down. They just kind of shout shit out. They give their opinions. And then it's like, we don't have like a Jeff Ross or anyone. We have like a, <laughs> the guy who owns the restaurant and slash cook. So it's just kind of funny that way.
0: Okay. And then uh, I know a lot of like People like Mark Stevens and Valenzuela have gone down to not practice, but just to uh, keep their chops up, which is a smart move.
1: Yeah, and it's—I feel like it's played off because like Alex Duong comes every week. He gets to do a set, and he's battled. I think he battled like three weeks in a row before he went and did the main event. And you could just—you could tell it like helped because he was just—it was one of the best battles that I've seen him do, and he
0: just killed it, man. He was just ready. Alex is a killer. He's. Uh one of the next wave. Of, yeah. It's crazy
1: to see, man, to see that there's like a wave, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. There's like the, uh, you know, the top 10, which is, you know, all pretty, uh, solidified with veteran battlers. And then, uh, you've got that next wave of like from 10 to 30, where it's all young and upcoming, uh, people. So it's a roast battle set for a long time. Yeah. You know, as yeah. long as the uh, matchup, you got to keep the matchups fresh.
1: Yeah, that's what something you were talking about the other day, and it was like, that's what I think the any advice I could give now is that it's like, not, don't pad your record, obviously, but actually, like, challenge yourself as a comic and go against comics that you respect or comics you you don't think you could, you know, that you think you could beat, but other people don't think you could beat, you
0: know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I try and do it. I only want to battle people that I think uh, I can't beat, and then uh, I usually end up beating them.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, the small show was fun. I love it. It was just kind of word of mouth, and now it's starting to get around. And it's 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 everyone else's room. You know what I mean? I'm just there to judge and ref and, uh, you know, anyone that wants to come down and practice and do it and have a battle and have fun and then, you know, get ready for the Los Angeles one. That's perfect.
0: You know what I mean? Do you ever uh, battle yourself there?
1: No, I mostly just, you know ref and just you know keep everything together i wasn't going to do it at first but then i you know I, they had other guys doing it and i just was like well maybe i should do it just because i know how to do it and i know the best way to flow and make sure everything, you know what i mean i know how to make it because i've seen it all the time yeah
0: now when's your next battle in la i'm going against tom goss the great tom Goss. yeah i'm real excited when is that
1: that's going to be september 20th
0: so you got uh, what, about a little over uh, a little under a month, yeah. And uh, have you started preparations?
1: Yep, I've started listening to all the podcasts, all those videos, and uh, starting jotting down like just single word notes and just all that stuff.
0: That's a popular thing to do. I notice that a lot of uh, people listen to podcasts that uh, your opponent's been on.
1: Yeah, you got to you have to do a lot of research because I've always thought of it. It's like. The more you know about the person, even if it's small bits of information, you just keep writing it down, and then the closer you get, you have all these bits and pieces, and like Legos, you're putting them together.
0: And uh, with someone like Tom, who's so likable, uh, do you, I mean, you don't—I know you don't want to give out your strategy, but uh, does your strategy change if you're depending on the personality of the person uh, you're going up against, or do you just have the same mindset? for, you know, if you were battling me, if you were battling, uh, you know, Doug Fager.
1: Well, now it's to the point where it's like you, it's like, we're all, we're all fighters. So we all have a different style. So it's like, if you're fighting Jose Aldo, you're not going to use the same way that you fight him as the same way you fight like a Brock Lesnar.
0: You know what I mean? Right. Who, uh, just a breaking news. Uh, Brock Lesnar has been suspended uh, today, uh, for, uh, Popping for two different kinds of uh, masking agents to cover up steroid use. Oh shit! So uh, for you, uh, UFC uh, and wrestling goobers, uh, you know, there's that for you. <laughs> um, y- yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, uh, like I, if I'm going up against someone silly, I'll be silly with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if I'm going up against someone who's a little bit more, uh, for lack of a better word, dickish, uh, I'll I'll try and out dick them. Yeah. You know, just that's. I think we were talking about it yesterday on the verbal uh, violence podcast. Uh, where can people find that?
1: Oh, that's uh, verbalviolence.tv.
0: And uh, I think that's out. Uh, well, the, the, these will be both out uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, so uh, check out uh, that. What is it called? The Verbal Violence Podcast. Yeah, it's
1: Verbal Violence Podcast, and the website's Verbal Violence TV. TV.
0: And the co-hosts are uh, uh,
1: Brian Moses, the amazing Brian Moses, yes, and the...
0: the awesome Coach T. And are you? Were you a guest or a co-host yesterday? Oh
1: no, I'm a co-host. They. Uh, I'm like. <laughs> the charlemagne to <laughs> you're yeah, the
0: sidekick I guess. yeah yeah no i loved it and uh we approached a lot of uh interesting topics i mean this, i mean like i said yesterday this roast battle you you almost have to have multiple podcasts to cover the angles
1: yeah it's such a it's i mean dude it's like a sport that's what i feel like it was preached to me where it's like It's like a sport. So Roast Battle is a sport, and it doesn't matter if there's other shows that pop up because they're still going to make great battlers. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, there's, you know, the New York Roast uh, Battle, which is kind of a sister show to ours, right? Roast Masters? Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mike Lawrence uh, hosts that and. I don't know if he hosts it. No, no. Luis J. Gomez hosts it. Mike Lawrence helps runs it.
0: Along with the great uh, legend of New York comedy, Patrick Milligan.
1: Oh, yeah. The show's amazing. Uh,
0: Yeah, I've seen a few. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, of course, the great uh, Christy Cielo is uh, part of that. Uh, She's uh, battling September 6th. Oh, who's she battling? Uh, I'm not one of her good friends, and uh, I might be a judge. Uh, Because uh, I'm uh, doing something for uh, Comedy Central. I'm uh, not at liberty to discuss at the moment.
1: Yeah. How's that? I mean, that's got to be a great feeling to see how everything's changed from the beginning to now. Like, did you ever think you would be on TV or getting the... No. You
0: know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, to go 16 years with uh, virtually no TV credits and then, you know, within one week beyond you know the number one comedy network in the world four times. Uh, you know it was pretty wacky. Yeah, and uh, you know it's my it was uh, grueling. It was like winning. You know they say the Stanley Cup is the toughest title to win in pro sports because you have to win four four out of seven series in a month. I mean it's brutal, and that's how I felt about uh, you know uh, roast battle in Montreal. Was, you you have to win four battles in five days.
1: Yeah. And you got to write so many jokes. Cause people like think that, that it's so easy to write jokes, but to write a good joke, you're literally going through about 20 different shitty versions of the one before.
0: That. Oh yeah. So, and to write three quality, uh, battles, you know, against three quality opponents, uh, on like maybe 40 hours, uh, notice it's, it's, I'm still speechless at the, the stress that it, entailed Mm -hmm. i mean because you know uh for the live finale you look at the final four you know me sarah tiana mike lawrence and k trevor i mean that's like it's a murderous row oh yeah Uh, i'm talking about them not even me i mean i think we were talking about this yesterday but you know you take someone like Kay trevor he'd mop the floor with most people in the top 10 oh yeah in l.a
1: because that's—I mean—that's the thing that I—I mean—we've seen it countless times where it's like people that are really good at stand-up and experience. It doesn't always translate into roast battling. But then there's people who who just know how to fucking do it, and I think it's a natural thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean like Mike Lawrence is great at both. Oh yeah, he's insane. But uh, Dan St. Germain, who is amazing. Uh, you know, maybe not quite as strong of a roaster. Yeah. Uh, and he's like one of the top comics. Uh, Mark Norman's a, another one who's great at both. Yeah. Because
1: uh, you see some stand ups where their specials are fucking like I watch some people do stand up and I'm just like, you guys are, that's, it's insane. It's insane. It's amazing. Then they go and they do, they do the roast battle. And it's just tough because it's like, it's a different kind of performance and it's a different kind of pressure. You know what I mean? And it's also like, you're not only going against the, the guy you're battling but it's a test to yourself like how well you can handle being laughed at and the pressure of everyone watching you because it's such an intense pressure situation
0: yeah especially in the belly room oh yeah uh, i mean i'm not sure what it's like uh, in new york uh, i'll find out uh, shortly but uh belly room it's just like there it's uh the crowd's just like it's it's like blood sport it's really like that Van Damme movie, you know, where it's just two people on the mat and people uh, on top of each other in the ballet room, legally.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: and, uh, you know, it's, it's the energy in that room. is like, I've been doing comedy 16 years. I've never seen a show with the energy that the ballet oh, room man. has. And We're, it's getting stronger. Like, three years in, or whatever we are, what are we, uh, two and a half years? Yeah, two and a half, three. Uh you know, usually a show gets a little old after about a year. It's like a nightclub or a bar; it's yeah. hot for a year, and then people move on to yeah. whatever. Uh, this show is getting strong. It's getting bigger. It's getting better. Yeah, it's you know? crazy,
1: and there's still more. Pe- there's still people that love to see it and watch. I mean, and the thing about it is, if you run a good show, because not every version of this is good. Like,
0: no, I've seen knockoffs. Yeah,
1: yeah. and the one in Tomekla is it's almost got. It's a similar energy, but not the same because it's just it's got that same fun rowdiness of everyone that camaraderie. Everyone just shitting on each other, having fun. But one of the things that I love the most about that room um, and the situation that happened was... uh these bikers came in and in Temecula there's a lot of biker gangs and stuff like
0: and they, you're talking like the mongrels hell's angels uh, I
1: can't remember who it was but yeah it's of of that group uh, right. they had their you know their fucking their cuts and everything and they're like you know the ride of white boy shit and uh, it's you know, Temecula's got you know uh, assorted history with how they feel about minorities and gay people um, but they went in and it's like you got Keith Carey on stage and Samir Suri who were well Keith's bisexual Keith's very gay Or my bad, I fucked that up. Samir is very gay. Samir is very gay. I
0: mean, you can't seriously... Trust me, Frank is underselling how gay Samir is. I mean, you can't... I live in West Hollywood. I don't see people as gay as Samir. (laughs) And he's great, too. Oh, he's
1: hilarious. But those guys walked in, and I was just immediately, I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be terrible. And they went up, and dude, Keith killed it, Samir killed it. The battle was amazing. And then afterwards, those guys walked up to Keith and Samir and were just like, you were so funny. We loved your battle. They were talking to him and shit, telling him about how they're going to come back and watch and stuff. But it was just, like, those two worlds would never meet and in, I don't think, anywhere. If it wasn't for a show like that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean Roast Battle really uh as crazy of a show as it is and as uh as verbally violent as it can be and tear people down, it really brings people together. I mean yeah. we I think you and I both have friendships with people we never probably would have even spoken to. Yeah. Uh in the comedy world. Uh stand up's kind of a uh lonely like you do your thing, you leave. Yeah. I mean, you have friends, but, you know, roast battle, like you have to interact with other people. Yeah.
1: It's interesting, like, where it's like when, you know, each, each, each person's stand-up's like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like my stand-up's gotten different because of the roast battle, but you're right. It's like, it's almost like a competitive, for how competitive the roast battle is, it's not as competitive as I think stand-up is. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I, I find uh, you respect the, uh, especially the like the people in the top 10 or the top 15, you know, uh, top 20 or whatever the, the cutoff would be that you all know. Wow. If you're ranked in that area, you're, you're good. And there's like a respect, uh, level mm-hmm. that you have. It's like, you know, even in the McGregor, uh, Diaz fight, uh, Saturday night, they, you know, they don't like each other and it's pretty real, but at the end they like, Hey man, good job.
1: Yeah. And that's crazy to me to see that happen. You know what I mean? Cause right after that, they kept talking more shit.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but but that's very, it was very much like roast battle. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I have respect, actually, more respect for the bad battlers who keep doing it.
1: Yeah, because it's that sense of they want to get better.
0: And they know they're bad. Yeah. And they know the pressure situation they're putting themselves into. Uh, you know, uh, I won't mention names, but, you know, I think... You know, we all know who we're talking about. There's like three or four. It's like, what are you coming back for? But in a weird way, you like admire them for, hey, man, you got balls to...
1: And still, there's also those great stories of guys that are terrible. I mean, everyone starts out terrible, and then now they get good because they fucking have gotten the shit kicked out of them so much that they're just ready, that they don't want to fucking lose again, and they just they take it super serious.
0: Yeah, like our friend Eric Carter, the racist yeah. party starter. Like, yeah. His first like one or two battles weren't very good, and then little by little, I think he, uh, even in his loss against Evan Cassidy, like, you know, Evan won. But it was like, wow, Eric's getting better. And yeah. I see. think Dan Nolan, he, uh, I don't know who was first, Dan or Evan, but uh, in the second one, you're like, wow, Eric's going up against better competition and he's, he's like, at he's least hanging in there a little bit. Yeah. Um, and which goes back to, uh, I don't understand some of these people who pad their records. You know, they get no respect, you know.
1: But the other thing about that is like, if people that watch the Rose Battle and love it, they and follow it a lot they see that they can see the people who pad their records and they won't respect them you know what i mean and i feel like sometimes it takes a while but it'll culminate when it's like if you have a really good rose battler and then someone versus someone that pad their record pads their records you could just feel the energy of them going like yeah we like we we respect this other guy way more
0: yeah like pete is the opposite like his records anything but padded he's like I think he's like 3-7-1, and one, but he's like taking on like Sarah Tiana and Kim Congdon and uh, all these great, you know, uh, battlers. So mm-hmm. his, you know, you can almost uh, be better off having a losing record against great competition.
1: Yeah, because it's like, it's not a loss if you, if it's like you get beat out by one joke.
0: Oh, yeah. It's like you look at... uh I mean, there's so many great battles. Uh, you know, if, if you barely lose, I've always said that, you know, like 10, 15 minutes later, half the crowd thinks you won. I mean, like the, a great battle of almost nobody remembers who wins or loses. You know, that it's uh, like tonight, you've got Keith, or no, uh, Leah and uh, Connor. And that's going to be a great battle.
1: Yeah, no matter yeah. what, no matter who.
0: Yeah, so you know, afterwards, you know, it, it won't even be wow. This person won. It's like wow, that was a great battle. People yeah. just want a good battle.
1: Yeah, and that's what I feel like. It the the people are starting to get into their heads that it's like it's not that it's just all about winning, but it's also just putting about a really great battle.
0: Yeah, like uh, even uh, you know my battle with uh, Sarah Tiana in Montreal. Like I lost. But I've had very few people come up to me and said, you lost. It was like, yeah. that was a great battle. You had a great run. So I think at the end of the day, although certain uh, people who have a macabre uh, view on life, I think, want to see a bad battle so they can, you know, see the car crash on the side of the road. Some people love car crashes. Well, that's the great thing about roast battle is that uh, you're almost guaranteed, You know, with you know, there's five battles tonight. You're guaranteed almost one's not going to be good. Just because, uh, you know, you can't, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, that's not the case, but it also uh, gets the room going. Uh, You know, there's a few people on tonight's undercards that I've never seen before. So, uh, but then last week you had that battle between the black dude and the Mexican dude with the slight lisp. Mm -hmm. I forget uh, their names, but they were great. Yeah. Yeah so uh you know who knows that's uh, you just i think that's part of the excitement in the ballet room is you never know what you're gonna get
1: yeah that was one of the things like especially after the show and like talking to my family members and everyone about it they would like they'd be like it was never like oh the battles were terrible like even the ones that were like not as good they were just like they still loved it because they loved watching it you know what i mean
0: now you uh you know a lot's uh been said, uh, like you know, with the whole Ralphie May, Mike Lawrence battle in in Montreal, where uh, you know Ralphie May have uh, taken certain jokes uh, about his personal life the wrong way. You know, it's often been said that uh, you know we all sign up for roast battle, you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, you know, I'm sure tonight uh, Connor will have a, a joke about uh, you know Leah's nose or whatever, and Leah might have a molestation joke, uh, about Connor and that whole situation. So we all sign up for it. We know everything's fair game, but, uh, you have a girlfriend mm-hmm. who sometimes is the, uh, uh the, 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 the punchline of a, uh, of a joke about you. Uh, how does that, uh, you know, she didn't sign up uh, for this. Does she ever get upset or do you get upset? Like, hey, why are you joking about her or joke about me?
1: Uh, I never get upset on stage because I always feel like the first one that get, gets mad loses. Uh, but I've defended her when I've been on stage, like with just beating the person, you know, just having better jokes. But it's, it's, it's tough when it's like, I feel like the audience will automatically judge real harshly on the other person cuz they can tell they're like oh that's a low blow. But if it's a well-crafted joke, like I wrote a joke against Pat Barker involving his wife, but it wasn't like about his wife. The vehicle was his wife. So it was like um Pat Barker treats his wife like a princess because she deserves to be rescued. Right. Or something like that. Right. And then, yeah, and then like and then Alex had a joke about like my girlfriend fucking me in the ass, which is a funny joke, but it's just like she's like people have made jokes about her and she's like fucking been real upset about it. You know what I mean? She like, has been. Yeah, she has been. Cause I mean, it sucks, you know, even when you don't sign up for it and you're sitting there and you're just like, Oh, you know, and people make, she's like, Oh, you're specifically just making a joke about me. You know what I mean? Well, I but, think it's
0: to try and probably unnerve you, yeah. which is part of the mental, uh, warfare that roast battle, uh, can bring. Yeah. It's, but,
1: Everyone that's done it has always gone up to her afterwards and been like, "I am so sorry," yeah, <laughs> like, right. like giving her a big hug. Like Pete felt so bad after our battle, and then like went and just gave her a huge hug and was just like, you know. Did you beat Pete? Yeah, we beat. I beat Pete twice. <laughs> no, uh, uh-huh.
0: you, you beat him twice.
1: Yeah, once we did doubles. Me and Hormos versus Joe Dosh and Pete Grancione.
0: Now uh, there's been rumors of uh, several uh, attempts at doing a doubles match. Uh, now I recall that one didn't have, I I don't remember any joke. I just recall it might not have had the greatest flow. Uh, do you think doubles, uh, tag team match for you wrestling freaks out there? Uh, Do you think doubles could work in Roast Battle? I
1: think it could. It just depends on... They didn't... I feel like we didn't figure out the format. Like, it was like...
0: Which was what?
1: It was like, well, we did two people. I mean, you could go and I was like, I did a joke, he did a joke, I did a joke, he did a joke. But it was also like Pete tried to start the joke and then Joe would finish the joke or something like that. Or they tried to like... It was like a dialogue and in tandem. So that's why we kind of got like a little confused. But we won because it was just very much more direct. That was it.
0: That's what I remember. I remember like... Pete would do half the joke, and then Joe would come in. And, and uh, I mean, Joe and Pete are just two monsters. Oh yeah, uh, I mean they are two of the tops. So uh, you know, two the, bottoms. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the, uh, Joe, I think Joe's what they call in the uh, homosexual world uh, versatile, mm. which means they do. But I'll have him on again. We'll we'll get into that. He's
1: a utility player.
0: Uh, yeah, he's uh, like a five-tool, uh, five-star, uh, what do they call those guys that are good at everything? Uh, five-star, five-tool. Five-star general? Uh, yeah, the general. Yeah. Uh, one of my great open mic friends from back in the day, a uh, little black guy, um, <laughs> who was so committed to comedy one night that he pulled out of a girl with a condom on and went to an open mic I was hosting with the condom still on his dick. That's uh, not real. Yeah, the general
1: that's hilarious
0: so uh you know i miss those days of uh, open mic shenanigans
1: yeah man i i feel like i'm still in that and i still love that the open mic shenanigans
0: now you mentioned uh roast battle has uh, uh affected your uh, stand-up uh i know since montreal i've struggled writing a, a stand-up joke because it's like uh it was so uh even though that was a um you know, a, a rare occasion where you had to write so many jokes in a certain time. Like how, how has it affected you in a good way or a bad way?
1: Uh, it's affected me in a good way. Cause there was a while where I was just doing, all I was doing was just roast battle stuff. And then I realized it was like my, I wasn't focusing on standup at all. So then I started to try to balance it out and roast battles helped me with confidence and delivery and just being up there and, my writing ability. Cause it's like, I know I can write, but sometimes I feel like I write too roasty. You know what I mean? Like I'm always swinging instead of just like now I'm with my standup. I'm just trying to like talk and just like tell something, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it is where, you know, the other night uh, I was on stage at the comedy store and I almost, uh, I, well I didn't almost, I started roasting the crowd, which I've never done and it was working. So it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know, uh, so it helped me in that sense. And yeah, it does help you uh, focus your writing. I mean, I found my stand-up writing became more focused because, you know, roast battle joke writing is so like, uh, you know, you're just looking at someone visually, and, you know, anything mentally about their family, and, and you hone in on such a, you know, fine piece of uh, their life that it, it does help you write better stand-up. i feel
1: yeah absolutely i think it was uh moses mentioned it to me he was just like you know you're basically just writing for packets and i was like he was like you're basically doing like late night format it's teaching you how to write you know short form jokes and just like regular one-liners and he's like you're he's like by doing all this you're actually going through your own like writer's workshop
0: now what's uh up with you at the comedy store what's the next step up for you there i mean right now you uh you get to go up Monday nights.
1: Which is still phenomenal. Like, dude, last... Yeah, I get to go up every potluck. I get development spots. I get to go to La Jolla when they send me. Um, I'm going, actually, in October with Adam Rain, Sandy Danto, which is going to be fantastic.
0: But man, I still love potluck. Potluck's my favorite place to be. I mean, potluck last night at the store was packed.
1: Dude, David Spade popped in. Arsenio Hall. Uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. I mean, it's... I mean that ruin that Mondays for me is like my fucking gym where it's like anything can happen. Like I had to follow bill Burr one weekend and that was a huge moment for me. Cause it was like, I mean, I didn't crush or anything, but it was a test for me. Cause it was like, can I keep the energy? Am I going to fucking bomb? Is this, am I going to ruin everything? But when I went up there, I I didn't do shitty. Like I, I did pretty good. Like I, I kept the energy rolling and then like they, I just introduced the next guy afterwards and I remember I had to go up after someone once before, like a few years ago, and I just ate a fat
0: dick. Who was it? I want a name.
1: Um, fuck, I can't remember who was popping in. It was someone big. No, I don't think it was someone huge. I think it was someone working. I think it was was like it was either Carmichael or someone that right. was popping in for like running like a Conan set. Oh, what was it? No, it wasn't Carmichael. I don't know. It was someone walking and come popping in for a because I remember they came and talked to the host and they were put up right before me. Which is always fun. Like I don't mind if I get bumped because it's like, fuck it. Who the fuck am I? Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood, exactly. baby. Um, but when so every Burr time, goes up. Yeah, yeah. Burr goes up and then he was just like
0: to he give you a nice intro? He always <laughs> does.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't give me an intro at all. He just put up the host. Because that's what oh, okay. like, the host. But um he went up and he did like 10 minutes of stuff he was kind of working out so it was funny he was doing real well uh but then that last five minutes man he fucking just killed he destroyed like uproarious laughter and it was just i remember watching that and i was just like all right man you're gonna go out and you're gonna tell your best joke right and you're gonna go up and then after that you're just gonna keep fucking going and no matter what happens you're just gonna not eat a dick and you didn't no it was great man i had so much fun
0: so what's like the next step for you up at the store, a showcase?
1: Um, nah, I I mean, as much as I'd love to showcase, I don't think I'm ready for a. But well, why do you showcase. say that? Just because I I don't. I think I could definitely still grow and get better. Like, I mean, if I got a showcase, of course I'd do it, but I wouldn't expect to get past. Right. Um, but like when I eventually go and do it, like, dude, I want to be so fucking good that it's like that i'm gonna be ready i don't want to go up there and feel nervous you know what i mean right i want to go up there and be like all right this is what i want to do this is this is what i want to say these are the jokes that i got because dude that 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 showcase man i mean you did it it's fucking terrifying
0: it's brutal man it's like i had a full-blown panic attack before mine
1: oh yeah man i would my parents would have to be there (laughs)
0: But it's amazing. I mean, you know, the store's the best. Yeah,
1: it is, dude. I love that place more than anything.
0: I mean, the improv's cool. They all, you know, it's a yeah. great club. And, you know, I don't really uh, perform much at the Laugh Factory or, yeah. you know, the Ice House is great, too. Love that.
1: But it's like the store. It's like I have like a, that's like, it's the only place I've ever felt comfortable. It's like home for me. And like my family's starting to get it now. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Where's your family?
1: My family's from San Jose. And then my mom lives in Temecula. There's an hour and a half away, but my family's originally from Los Angeles, Eastside Los
0: Angeles. I mean, the only thing I know about Temecula is the uh, American MMA legend, Hendo, Dan oh, yeah. Henderson.
1: I've served him a few times. Nice guy. Oh, super nice guy. He came into the, uh, I used to work at Pachanga Resort and Casino at the golf course restaurant. And that's where I kind of started getting into stand up because it was away from the casino. So we literally would work from six in the morning to four in the afternoon and no one would come in until like they would, it would be busy for two hours in the morning an hour and a half for lunch. And then we'd be dead the rest of the night. So we would just fuck around. It was ridiculous.
0: And, uh, did you, how, did you know it was Dan Henderson when he, I mean, he's oh, a pretty, uh, absolutely. You know, he's got the cauliflower ears, yeah. he's got a head that looks like it was chiseled out of Mount Rushmore. He's, <laughs> yep. I mean, I have a big head, yeah. but, uh, my God, I would not want to fight Dan Henderson. Dude. Uh,
1: Imagine punching that dude in the face.
0: He looks like he wouldn't even feel it.
1: Oh, no. I don't even feel like your hand would touch his face. Like it <laughs> would just.
0: Like, and he's got a big fight uh, coming up against the champ. He's getting a title shot. I think it's his, he's going to retire after. Who's he fighting? Uh, Michael Bisping.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Which is the rematch from when, I uh, think about five years ago, he knocked out Michael Bisping cold. And then in a uh, controversial move, he hit him one more time when he was knocked out.
1: And that's pretty controversial.
0: Well, they had had a uh, very it was a very McGregor Diaz like uh, build up to this fight. They I don't think they like each other very much, and uh, I think Henderson. Was did the he guy. get? Did do, do you get in trouble for that? Um, not really, because it was it was pretty soon uh, after he got knocked out cold. Like he knocked him out cold, and then just the momentum he did like this flying superman uh punch has a uh second uh i think he got away with going hey i didn't know he was knocked out yet but he probably did yeah and uh so that fight's coming up you know. <sighs> it's gonna be great well it's you know i don't want to see these guys uh get hurt anymore and henderson's uh oh, he's yeah. like 46 which is like eighty in UFC. I mean, in the UFC MMA age, that's probably seventy uh, plus years old. It's like dog years. You have to give these UFC fighters, you know, they probably lived, you know, six seven years to R one. Uh, but uh, you know, like I had the legend UFC legend, the Predator Don Fry, uh, <laughs> on this podcast, and uh, he was he was great. Like he was he was in the UFC when they were like fucking come to the octagon in their hoodies that they took from their closet like (laughs) no sponsors yeah did you see ufc1 i did actually that was my favorite thing to watch you know i think that was when uh the guy uh joe son was who's now in jail on rape charges uh his tooth flew out of his uh Mm -hmm. Gardeau. I think, I, I don't know if the guy's name is Gerard Gardeau. I might be getting the name wrong, but he kicked him in the face.
1: Dude, the UFC one was literally like a Street Fighter game.
0: Yeah, I think that was also, uh, I might, uh, I know it's one of the first few UFCs where Gracie fought uh, Jimerson, Art Jimerson. I might be getting the name a little wrong, uh, who came to the cage with one boxing glove. Yep, lob, that huh? is. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was when yeah, you know, it was it wasn't illegal, but they they couldn't get licensed for pay per views, so you had to like, you know, it's very, it was almost like watching Faces of Death. You had to like underground uh you know the internet wasn't really booming back then so you you know now you can watch any UFC pay-per-view on Russian websites and high def and I buy all mine Dana White if you're listening <laughs> but uh you know and then you had to go to like Best Buy and buy the VHS tape like three months after it you, you know you already knew what happened uh because it was kind of an outlaw you know, this is when John McCain called it human cockfighting and Uh, which, you know, he might have been right back then. Uh, (laughs) You know, you had no weight classes. You had, like, you had to fight two, three times a night. That's Uh, crazy. I mean, I really wish, and it'll never happen, but I do wish just for one night only they'd go back to no weight classes so you could see, like, Demetrius Johnson against Alistair Overeem. Oh, my God, uh, that'd be crazy. You know, and, and, like, Rumble Johnson against, like, you know, Jose Aldo. (laughs) Street fights, man. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, but that's why I kind of like the UFC's only uh, comp. It's not really legitimate competition, but uh, the Bellator. Oh yeah, because they seem to embrace the wacky matchups and you know, like their last, I think, big pay per view, or they don't do pay per views. It's all on Spike for free. uh, Was Dada Five Thousand against kimbo slice oh that
1: was hilarious you mean the time he had a heart attack in the middle of the ring two
0: heart attacks he had two heart attacks kimbo died like a month later Uh, dada basically died in the ring twice uh, yeah and i know uh scott coker the ceo of bellator would he'd do a rematch in a second if he if he could resuscitate kimbo (laughs) and there's a great uh Documentary, I think, on Netflix uh, called Dogfight.
1: Oh yeah, I watched it. It's great
0: with uh, the great uh, Billy Corbin, who did yeah. Cocaine Cowboys.
1: Amazing. My dad loves all of those documentaries.
0: I mean, Cocaine Cowboys, uh, in my opinion, is the greatest documentary that's ever uh, you know been done. It's about, all about the uh, Miami drug scene in the '80s, and uh, and Dogfight is about Dada Five Thousand um, doing. I guess they're illegal backyard MMA fights.
1: Yeah, they'd get like 200 bucks, right?
0: Yeah, if that. And then Dada 5000 would be the ref. And if some guy's getting the shit kicked out of him and, you know, the fight probably should be stopped, Dada will just get in the guy's face and go, come on, man, don't be a pussy. And, <laughs> you know, and the guy would fight when he probably shouldn't have. But, uh, you, you know, it made for a great documentary. <laughs> hilarious i mean my favorite part was when a huge pitbull took a shit right by the octagon
1: <laughs> my favorite is when they're interviewing all the grandmas and they're just sitting in the chairs talking about it this shit's hilarious
0: yeah yeah i mean it's and then uh, i actually tweeted that out about the pitbull uh taking the dookie and uh billy corbin actually tweeted back to me so like, everyone's a critic <laughs> <laughs> but uh so uh go uh, watch billy corbin's documentaries i think they did a cocaine cowboys too if yep. i'm not mistaken mm-hmm and he also did a great 30 for 30 uh 230 for 30s the U
1: oh uh, yeah about
0: Miami uh mm. football in the i think 80s and 90s and i think they did a follow up called the U 2 uh, <laughs> not the band but uh you know so uh, check those out but they should do it well there's a documentary about Rose Battle by uh, done by the great Jason Reitman. insane by the way uh what what uh where can people find that it, it's that's uh I think that's
1: I don't know if that's available yet. I know it's on
0: verbalviolence.tv and uh they have a the cuz it was about 15 minutes, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they have the link up for that yet.
0: okay. Well, uh, uh you know, go on verbalviolence.tv for any uh roast battle breaking news and uh, I know now they have uh really advanced breakdowns of uh the fights now.
1: Yeah, they got literally like sports analysts on this.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I enjoy reading those uh I mean, that shows you how big this is getting.
1: I know. It's crazy. Did you ever think you'd be uh, meeting like Jason Reitman and all these guys?
0: No. Uh, I mean, just the people, uh, you know. What's your probably, like, what's your biggest wow moment so far? For me personally, uh, probably, uh, uh, let me see. There's been a lot. Uh, getting asked to do, uh, you know, Montreal, I guess, is uh like when they called me and said, uh, we want you to roast in Montreal, I was like, Oh great. You know, that was pretty cool. And then uh probably uh you know beating Jimmy Carr, you know, uh controversial decision, but uh you know, Jimmy's the best. And uh you know, I'm, i I might have uh you know uh you know done it in a uh you know, my, he probably had better jokes, but I might have uh, had a, a better performance uh, angle.
1: Yeah, that's all it matters, man. Is that audience vote?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean well, the judges, but you know, it says on the Comedy Central uh, website, you know, battles will be judged not just on jokes, but uh, performance, on, uh, performance, audience uh, participation, and um, you know, the judges, uh, you know, input as well. So uh, that
1: clipboard. Uh... Move really set the tone.
0: Well I had to do it. And uh, I think a lot of people uh think I'm saying, well, Jimmy Carr can't memorize four jokes. Well, I mean he does an hour and a half on stage every night. He's doing a stand-up, so uh I know it's more of just a side gag for him than the fact that he actually needs it. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh but uh you know the judges don't know that. So uh you know, to have Jimmy Kimmel and You know, both for me was pretty neat. And Seth Rogen, who I had never met until after the battle, uh, say nice things about me. He was probably my favorite.
1: uh, It was a cool meeting him.
0: Yeah, he was great. Uh, You know, I mean, I knew Jimmy briefly from the Road to Roast battle show where he was a judge. Uh... But you know, I, I don't really know them, so uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, how about you? What's your wow moment? Because you've had some great battles. How many battles have you had?
1: Uh, I think I'm nine and six.
0: So. That's a lot. I mean, that's like uh, that's crazy. 16 battles, yeah. I mean, that's gotta be uh, you might be the most uh, you might have the most battles.
1: I think it's me and someone else i think jay's got 17 i think someone's got 18 but i'm pretty up there
0: and what's uh do you have a favorite moment
1: yeah um just uh well i mean dave Chappelle coming in in our battle was amazing and then getting called to go and do that that's probably the one story that i love to tell the most was like getting called and then
0: because you and p went into overtime right yeah
1: no no that was me and Jay were battling And then Dave Chappelle just walked in And was judging and just kind of guest judged And that and that was one of those things where like, Because me and Jay had worked on the battle together And we we didn't write each other's jokes We worked on the jokes together So we each knew we had really good jokes Right. We didn't tell each other the order or anything But we both just looked at him coming in And we were just like ho- And We looked at each other and we were just like Holy shit man But we killed it there and he loved it And then he invited us invited the roast battle to come and open up for him at Club Bahia in Silver Lake so that was kind of like an almost like an unadvertised thing like no one really knew about that Moses just called us up and was like hey you want to do this tonight and I was like
0: yeah tonight
1: yeah and we went and we got to do it we got to meet Dave he was so fucking cool I got to meet like I got to do stand up in front of a bunch of people it wasn't even stand up I just got to battle my best friend and everyone just loved it man it was crazy I got to meet Clay Thompson, who I'm from San Jose and he plays in the Golden State Warriors. So I, it was so hard not to freak the fuck out. And uh, he was just like, he was talking about it and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from San Jose. And he's like, oh, so you're like a fan. And I didn't want to tell him I was a fan. Right. But he was just like, oh, he was like, oh, that's cool. He was like, yeah, man, you, yeah, you're awesome. Like, you know? And then uh, Draymond Green was there. But we got now Who's that? He's also a basketball player uh, okay. on the Golden State Warriors. But it was cool because all the other comics ended up having to leave because, you know, they're professionals. They have spots and stuff they had to go do. So it was like Tiana, a few other people. And, you know, we had the artist wristbands, which was the first time I've ever had that in my life. Right. So we got to be backstage and stuff. And then so everything's winding down. He's Dave's hopping in the car and he's leaving. And me and Jerry were just like, all right, I guess we'll just fucking go back to our apartment and just chill and just, you know, let this fucking magic wear off. And then the... Um, guy who organizes it uh, organized the whole tour was like hey we're going to this thing afterwards do you guys want to come i'll get you guys on the list and me and jay were just like fuck yes and then we got to go to our, like our first after hours party and that was crazy just getting to walk past the line of people and then going into like an after hours club and then just you know hanging out and like watching dave chappelle sing creep at the top of his lungs do which was insane
0: yeah i mean that's uh you know roast battle uh has given us so many moments like that where yeah. it's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, man.
1: Like never would I thought that I'd be like, I mean, and it's also working at the store is a great t- thing. Cause it's like, you know, I get to talk to like some of the people that I've watched and idolized, you know,
0: and what's been your favorite moment of that, that like a night you were working and, you know, it's kind of a, you know, some nights at the store can be tedious just cause it's the same, uh thing over and over over and um, over again and then I, I've someone, had the, someone walks in and it's like oh my god Yeah,
1: I've had the pleasure of uh working the green room door for all the Louis shows so that was crazy I think the third time he popped in he fucking like he like remembered me and then some of his other people remembered me and it was just kind of it was just kind of cool for that to happen Um Dave Attell coming up to me and just introducing himself which was bananas because I was just working the door so I, I mean usually I'll just be quiet but he came up and was like, what's up, man? How you doing? How's your night? And I was like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it's David Selle. Yeah.
1: Jeff, we just being able to talk to Jeff Ross and shit. Yeah. Especially like, and also just having the respect of them is also a huge deal to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, they'll come to me and just be like, hey, you know, how you doing? Like, and then just like, how's your stand up? Stuff like that. You know what I mean?
0: Now, what's Next in the stand-up world for mr frank castillo
1: uh i want to start going on the road um i'm toying around with an album not that i have a lot of
0: material for it but it's kind of don't let that stop
1: (laughs) but i've just been fucking around with this concept for a while and uh i think coach c is gonna help me with it so i'm really excited so i'm working on that and then uh, i'm doing a twitch channel with uh, eric griffin and bobby lee what is that? Uh, it's where, well, I don't know if you know this, but Bobby Lee and Eric Griffin are huge Destiny fans. They're huge nerds. It's a video game that came out.
0: Okay. I did not and, know that.
1: Yeah. And uh, they got me into playing because I used to play before. And now we just play, literally we play every night from about two in the morning till six in the morning. Um, and we were doing that for a while. And now we're just doing a Twitch where we live stream it, and people can watch and comment. And it's actually pretty hilarious.
0: I mean, where, where where do people twitch? Is that on your computer? Are no, you-
1: well, it's a, it's on your system. So you twitch and they can see you talking with your headset oh. on and they can watch you playing the game. But it's less about, it's more about how average we are at this game and more about how they all pick on me.
0: <laughs> so is this like an Xbox? Yep. Uh, oh, it's mean, an Xbox.
1: Yeah, but you can look it up on like line and stuff and watch It's like a, you know, Netflix for video games. okay yeah it's real popular it's nuts um and then still doing the verbal violence podcast and those that's fantastic man coach t is insane
0: oh he's the best probably the quickest guy on the show
1: oh he's it can't sleep on coach t he's he's amazing man just listening to that jamar neighbor's album like I'll, i'll i'll show people that album people will just be blown away
0: yeah i mean coach t is like you know A library of like you know a hundred thousand songs he has and like if you have a La Bamba joke he plays La Bamba like instantly Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know you're like none of us tell him hey I'm gonna do a kiss joke and then he has a kiss song bam you know hey I'm gonna do a rat joke he's got round and round I don't know how he does it
1: it's insane
0: um so uh C- coach t a lot of love for the coach he he killed it in montreal yeah.
1: I mean, got to give it love to everybody i mean the wave was great yeah I mean, I mean moses was fantastic i mean and also just as the not leader of the group but just like the you know orchestra of the group that you know he's fucking he really fought for a lot of people and did everything he could to keep the integrity of the show and i think he fin- I th- i think he followed through with it you know
0: Oh yeah, Moses is a straight up dude as you can find in this business. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's you know hard when you have a show of this magnitude to take care of all the people you feel you have to take care of, and he 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 went above and beyond. So, you know, because after a while, certain things are out of your hands. And you know,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean we've had those fucking moments. You know what I mean? Those uncertainties.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, it, it's. Uh, due to time constraints, uh, you know, that the hater was taken out of the uh, the picture. Uh, it's just, you know, live TV is it just wasn't, t- you know, there's too many voices up there as it is. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, that's why there's only one hater now. Yeah. Uh, it's because it's just now the show's getting so big and there's so many voices in the room uh, that, you know, there's not just three judges anymore. It's usually three judges and then... Two guests. You know, two guests, like, judges uh, or uh, comment commentators, you know, Ron White, mm-hmm. you know, will pop in, and he won't judge necessarily, but he'll yeah. you know, give his critiques. And, two
1: famous people that are just sitting behind us. You yeah, know?
0: you know, uh, Hannibal will come in and just hang out. and John Mayer. Yeah, John Mayer Chappelle when he's a, around, so it, it's the show for as many cast of characters as it has is, is pretty tight mm-hmm. in terms of uh you know the length of the show is pretty like pfft. so uh you know it's every tuesday night guys
1: has anyone uh reached out for me from your past about uh after seeing the show
0: of right. palmers oh they're the worst <laughs> uh and a lot of people wanting to battle me uh because uh you know they just they want to get the rub but they ain't going to get it because I'll only take on the champ, <laughs> whoever that may be. It's good. Well, being ranked number two is like the worst spot ever. Like from the standpoint of, uh, you know, we talked about it yesterday. It, it's like battling anyone other than the champ is, doesn't benefit you. You know, like you could battle the number eighth person. I don't even know who it is and they they're the only ones that benefit from it.
1: Yeah, you win, you're just like, "All right, cool. Why yeah. was I here?"
0: Well, you didn't beat the champ, so mm-hmm. you're not going to move up, which is how it should be. You yeah. should have to beat the champ to get the belt. Uh so like being ranked number 2 right now is uh it's, it's kind of like no man's land. Uh and there's some great battles that intrigue me, but uh I you know, I will only battle if it helps me <laughs> that's smart well i mean it's uh you know at the end of the day i don't think anyone uh we shouldn't take this show that seriously yeah, i but, mean
1: i'm like rank 20 and i think that's because i've kind of just taken a nice little break but i'm ready to like come back
0: oh yeah you're definitely a top 10 material and like you know uh i think you know as soon as you win you know you, you you'll bump up five six seven spots uh you know uh you know pretty pretty fast so uh after tom do you do you have like a list of people you'd like to battle Oh yeah
1: i've already got a few it's gonna be tom goss um doug fager
0: Uh, doug's like you know you never really hear his name when you
1: but you should
0: but yeah i mean it, it's uh i think he's ranked if i'm not mistaken like 17th but uh he's he's easy top 5 like oh. if he battled more consistently uh he he you know he he could be the champ. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Cuz uh, he's so fast.
1: Oh, and his his jokes come from just the angles he comes from are just ridiculous.
0: And his rebuttals are, you know, top notch. Yeah.
1: Um then Keith Carey? Yeah. And then uh after that i don't have anyone.
0: Well, the, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to plan them out that because uh, you don't want to disrespect your opponent. Like, you don't know, you don't want to disrespect Tom by going, OK, well, I'm thinking about battling three people after you. Because uh, Tom's, you know, uh, he's a killer. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know,
1: kills these hamburgers, bro.
0: Yes, Hell, let's roast. Save it. <laughs> Save it for the, the 20th, you know. And then, uh, you know, I might uh, as rumors, I might get the uh, the winner of uh, Pat Barker and Alex Hooper, which would be uh, probably uh, I'm looking at probably a December, January. uh, That will be my next battle. Ooh, Uh, And, uh, you know, we've I think have a verbal agreement of sorts.
1: You're starting to get a lot more uh, work now because of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's more spots at the store, earlier spots at the store. uh, You know, uh, spots at the improv. uh, You know, getting uh, recognized on the street.
1: Oh, that's got to be a great Uh, feeling. uh,
0: Yeah, because I think it's uh, there's three guys with beards on the show: me, the champ Mike Lawrence, and uh, Kay Trevor. Uh, So uh, we're pretty, uh, you know, hard to miss on the street. Uh, you know, last night, kid in the front row uh, at the show. was at uh, the Geffen uh, Playhouse. Uh, he was like, <laughs> it was kind of. He's a little younger. He's probably like twenty or something. But he was like, he couldn't contain how excited he was in the front row. I'm like, why are you so excited, man? And he's like, Oh, I love Roast Battle. You're my favorite. <laughs> 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 so uh, it's gonna be a great film. Well, yeah, to bring that kind of joy into someone's life you don't know. And, you know, you asked me what my favorite moment was, uh, you know, or my what was my wow moment. Uh, I forgot to say the first night of Montreal when I was battling the legendary Tom Ballard, a great Australian uh, homosexual comic. And he's another one that if he battled in L.A., he would decimate most of the top ten if not all it's just there's such another level of roasting out there. You know, we're kind of in our own LA bubble where we think we're the only ones that do it. Uh, and you know, I mean Tom Ballard, K Trevor, like they would humble a lot of people in the top 10. Uh but when I was battling Tom, I look over to my left after my first joke and there was a dude in the front row with a shirt on that said Skakel Army. <laughs> And it was a rip-off of the Kiss Army logo. Uh, you know, that's Kiss, the band's fan club. And uh, I almost stumbled on my next joke because I was like, wow, man, that's pretty cool. Because, you know,
1: he went and had that
0: made. Yeah, that made. He, you know, was enough of a fan to spend money on a shirt. Uh, you know, it's expensive to do one shirt like that. Like, you know, usually you have to do like, you know, minimum order of like, you know, whatever, 50 to get a, a deal. Like, I'm sure to get that one shirt made, it was like 100 bucks. You know, t- just to get one, uh, and so that you know that that was a, that was probably my favorite moment, in my roast battle uh, history. So uh, there's that, and uh, bigger and better in 2016 and 2017.
1: Oh, It's gonna be so exciting, man! I can't wait.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of rumors about next year and what it might entail. I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll be back in Montreal, and and there might even be something before Montreal. That'd Who knows? Be
1: it's also good to see, because it's like, I mean, I think for, I think you'd ask me what I want. What I want, I would love just a writing job. I just want a writing job so I can just spend a bunch of money on my girlfriend to make up for all the shit I had to put her through through Roast Battle.
0: That's where the money's at, is writing kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great to be on Roast Battle and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, it's like you got the Ro- Rob Lowe roast coming up mm-hmm. this Saturday, and... You know, it's great to be on the dais. You know, I think uh, Rob uh, Riggle, Jimmy Carr, um, you know, uh, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. um, and uh, David Spade, the great David Spade, but... uh the writing is where you make the money. Yeah, man. Because,
1: you know? like, that would be just great because it's like my girlfriend's going to school to become a psychologist. She works at uh, a clothing store right now. So it's like if she didn't have to work and could just go to school and I could just make money from stand-up, that would be my dream.
0: Oh, yeah. You will, dude. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, now, what? Uh, where can people find you on the information superhighway twitter and instagram
1: uh twitter frank c comedy uh instagram frank uh castillo and then twitch frank c comedy and uh if you want to give me a call uh, on
0: what the fuck uh uh and then what we got any uh stand-up gigs people could check out uh
1: Uh, potluck every monday uh tuesdays the uh, roast battle i'm doing a set in the pre-show
0: do you do a set every week of the pre-show pretty much yeah Unless, yeah.
1: unless it's super packed.
0: Uh, well, a lot of people uh, don't understand that, you know, they also do, uh, what's the stand-up show starts about 10?
1: Yeah. So it's like an hour and a half of stand-up.
0: And so it's also, you know, get there early for that because you'll see some amazing comics like uh, Jack Knight. Oh, uh, amazing. Jeremiah Watkins. Dude, people are getting jobs off of that stand-up portion. Yeah. Jamar Neighbors. Uh, you know, you see some really top, top comedy before uh, the roast battle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pat Reagan, uh, you know, he, either he does it by himself or he does it with Jeremiah. You know, they do like a little musical uh, Adam Sandler type funny songs. And it's great. Pat's a great musician. amazing, And so is Jeremiah. He's oh, like yeah. super talented. And by the way, uh, check out the goddamn Comedy Jam. I think Ooh. it's this Sunday on Comedy Central. Uh, Josh Ademeyer, Jeremiah Watkins, Johnny Scortis and uh the uh i don't know what the name of the band is uh the jam band i guess oh yeah so proud of those guys yeah i mean it's that was the neat thing about this year getting roast battle on comedy central the goddamn comedy jam uh you know you can see bill burr sing a song do a set bill burr great drummer
1: Uh, oh yeah amazing
0: and and kind of a metal head which you wouldn't you know you look that's what i love about music is you look at bill burr you you think he'd is into like the smashing pumpkins or something and he's like you know hardcore rock and roller so uh you know check that out and then uh you know check out frank castillo he's one of the good ones uh, potluck every monday check him out tuesdays uh, the pre-show and then uh you get development spots yep
1: all uh, as much as i can i'm in pretty consistently i usually try to not request them as much just because uh, do it dude well I mean dude there's so many people
0: who cares that's but, true
1: I do want to give a shout out to my mom she's madly in love with your body
0: well I do have a great body uh, I've had some uh, uh, you know uh, you know tough times uh, the last couple of years with the female species but uh, you know a lot of people think the grass is greener on the other side of daddy It's not. It's usually shit brown. Uh, So there's that. And uh, check out me on Twitter and Instagram, at Earl Skakel, E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L, Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you may be so kind to leave a review on iTunes, uh, you know, Rogan's got like 25,000 views, uh, or 25,000 reviews on uh, iTunes. I've got like 70, so, uh, you know, And uh, shout out to Joe Rogan for uh, mentioning me multiple times on his podcast, which is the number one in the world. That's pretty neat. Joe's the best. Oh, Joe's like, uh, that's another wow moment. uh, When uh, after my battle with, I believe it was, uh, I think Joe Dash. uh, No, it was Jesse Joyce. He uh, did like a five minute recap uh, the next day on uh, the Joe Rogan experience. yeah Yeah, it's like he didn't have to do that yeah joe's the best he
1: is he saw me after i battled after kim beat me and i remember i was like god damn it and then he came up to me afterwards and he was just like what's up man i thought you were really funny i was like oh my god like it it made that loss so much better
0: yeah i mean joe's like i wasn't around in his first run at the store because i wasn't really a store guy back then and uh but I would always hear how he's a comics comic, and he like looks out for the little guys like you and me. You know, we, we're powerless, uh, and it's true. Like he, he like he doesn't have to have. He has a lot of comics, like I saw you had Eleanor on the other day, and you know, he could just. I don't know, have his MMA buddies on. But he, I like how he put Big J Oakerson on. and He's I'm,
1: giving me a few shout-outs, and that was crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's so powerful that a shout-out from Rogan on his podcast can get you, like, 100 Twitter followers in, instead of five minutes.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. My, I remember I was at home with my girlfriend, and my phone just exploded, and she was like, who are you? And I was like, I don't know. And then we looked, and I was like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Joe Rogan's just like, he, he's the best. David Spade was uh, awesome, too, at, uh, in Montreal you know, with his, uh, kindness and, uh, you know, uh, I must, uh, thank, uh, Doug Fager and Omid Singh, uh, for their, uh, guidance, you know, cause I know some people don't, uh, you know, some people like just helping out on roast battle, but they like being, uh, you know, anonymous, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, had so much help, uh, that, you know, I, I have to let the world know who uh, was good to me. So. And they should. And Jeff Danis was, uh, after uh, Steve is easy, uh, the great Steve is easy, uh, after he lost uh, in his first round uh, matchup, uh, Jeff uh, w- was a mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I think here's the thing that I love about roast battle is like now you hear other people wanting to do it. And uh, Jeff, uh, Danis and Ryan O'Neal want to do it. Uh, Oh my God. You know, that's like, you know, to some of the cockier roast battlers in LA, you're about to have a real reality check (laughs) with some of this, uh, new blood, uh, coming into the fray for next year. Oh my God. So, uh, I've heard stories. Oh, they're, I mean, they gave, uh, well, I don't want to, you know, they were writing for certain people, uh. Who were battling and they gave them super super mean jokes to use and uh their jokes weren't used because they were too mean too mean for roast battle so uh you know i can't wait to see some people humbled in the next year <laughs> It's coming, but uh, Frank Castillo is the best. Check him out, uh, support him uh, any way you can and uh, go where, what's, uh, how do people go to the Temecula Roast Wars? Do they, it's every, it's every other Thursday night or every
1: every Thursday, uh, eight o'clock. And then I think we might start periscoping it. I don't know. I want to wait till it gets really good before we start doing
0: that. So, uh, and it's at what's the name of the uh, place? Third
1: Street Live in Temecula.
0: So, yeah, so check that out. If you're in the IE or Orange County, you don't quite want to make the drive to, uh, you know, LA for the Roast Battle, which I recommend you do. I'm, I'm oh, telling absolutely. you. Oh, absolutely. Every person uh, I've told to come to Roast Battle at the comedy store has said it was worth it. Um, you know, I had Nita Strauss, the great Nita Strauss, Hurricane Nita, the guitar player for. Alice Cooper's, uh, band, uh, she comes whenever she can, uh, it, you know, cause she, you know, she's, when you can get someone who's on the road 300 days a year uh, to come check out another show, it, it's, it says a lot about the show that she goes out of her way to come uh, when yeah. she can, uh, along with her boyfriend, Josh Vialta, who is uh, one of the sponsors of Inappropriate Earl, Beverly Kills clothing line. It's good stuff. And ProStockHockey.com, another sponsor of Inappropriate Earl. And at Mike Knuckles, Stephen Piercy, the singer from Rats, microphone holder. If you want to look cool while you're on stage bombing, uh, get a pair of uh, Mike Knuckles. That's at M-I-C-K-N-U-C-K-L-E-S. And one last sponsor of Inappropriate Earl, the great Stevie Rochelle from the 80s band Tough, running the website at MetalSludge.tv. Uh, for all your metal news and the current state of rat, or all three rats, whatever's going on. And uh, I'll do a review of Guns N' Roses later on uh, from their Dodger Stadium show. I will say this, I'm disappointed that they took out One in a Million, which is a song where Axel shares his views on several ethnicities and sexual uh, orientation uh, types. But I'm assuming they took that song out of the set list because you have a... Six-foot-three, 280-pound uh, black drummer uh, now. I'm sure they uh, went with another song. <laughs> I'll let you decide what the word is that is in one in a million that led to that song being excluded from the set list. It rhymes with bigger. Uh, it also describes uh, gay people in a uh, unique way. <laughs> So uh, Axel Rose, by the way, killed it. Slash killed it. Duff looks amazing. Uh, the Frankfurter, the black drummer, looks great. Uh, Richard Fortis, rhythm guitar. You know, as he doesn't want a tour, you know, don't blame Richard. And uh, the two keyboard players. I don't know if that's necessary, but uh, hey, they're great. So check out Guns N' Roses if you can. This is the era of outdoor concerts that we're never going to see again. Very few bands can fill up Dodger Stadium twice. Last night, they were at ja- Qualcomm. I almost called it Jack Murphy in San Diego. Uh, so check out Guns N' Roses they were awesome they made me a bigger fan after seeing them and uh, Inappropriate Earl out